0: Ford Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese.
1: Busy, busy weekend. Would love to be able to keep up with things online. (laughs) Are you a
0: a 4th of July game?
1: A little bit? Am I a 4th of July guy? What, what, is it, what does it mean to be a 4th of July like guy? like
0: fireworks and barbecue? Of course.
1: Okay. Yeah. No, actually, 4th of July is the one holiday I'm all about. I'm not a holiday guy. You okay. know that about me. But 4th of July, I can get down with 4th of July. Okay. Well, what, what is there to dislike on 4th of July? See, here's the thing. Thanksgiving, families. Ugh. Christmas, families. Ugh. Right? Uh, Valentine's Day, I mean, just, just completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Golly.
0: Talk but, about but fun 4th sponge.
1: of July. 4th of July, that's when we can get together and have fun. Okay. No, no, not Fun Sponge. That's the that's the thing. I am I'm the fun haver. Okay. Right? That the Thanksgiving is a Fun Sponge. You know, Christmas, that's a Fun Sponge. New Year's Eve, love it. You don't look forward to the food. Love it? No, no. What food? <laughs> I remember Utah? What food? Me. No, I'm not a Thanksgiving food guy at all, at oh, all, man. at all. But Fourth of July, dogs and burgers, and out there with the sparklers, and you know, a couple of cold ones or yeah. whatever have you. You know, you can get down with that. Whatever floats your boat. How could you not? Okay, you'd have to be a pretty sick, twisted individual. I'm not That's one of these why people. I asked. I'll tell you, I'm not one of these people that is gonna complain about the fireworks in my neighborhood either. Oh man, don't be that person. I guess that I guess though, if yeah. you have kids, like I could I could see it from that perspective. you have young children and somebody's outside in the sh- in the street shooting them off. But the last few nights, I'll say somebody's been like driving around my neighborhood popping them off and I can't quite tell if they were gunshots or fireworks because there is like a not great you know, area that I live close to. Mm. And so I'm not exactly sure. <laughs> it could go either way. It could go either way. Yeah. And when you hear those pops, you just just kind of look around. Just You're, Yeah, just kind of yeah. maybe get a little lower,
0: you know what I mean? I, but, I, I can understand if you have kids, dogs. This year it falls on during the week, so you might have to work the next day. So, yeah, I... A slight annoyance, but just, you know, be cool, man. Let them have their fun. Let them have their fun. Yeah. On the ramoslaw.com
1: text line three zero three seven one three one zero four three. Christian Brown elevates to Bruce Brown's role as a sixth man, and one of these rookies elevates to work Christian's role that was last year. Let's, can we nip that in the butt real quick? I want to nip that in the butt. I've heard that from a ton of people. That's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Christian Brown and Bruce Brown are completely different players. Now, if you want to say that Christian Brown's minutes will be expanded, okay, we can have that conversation. Christian Brown's not a ball handler. Christian Brown will never be a primary ball handler. So, if anything, he's going to remain in his position.
0: Reggie Jackson's going to be Bruce Brown's replacement. Yeah, and I think you can qualify that in saying that doesn't mean he doesn't bring a ton of value in what his on-court on, the, on court contributions are. Not. They're just not the same. No, not even remotely the same. But I get where where people
1: are coming from. They're, there have been actually a lot of people that are paid to cover the team that say that, and that's just categorically false. So I wanted to make sure we address that because before we moved on. Um, there is something I kind of wanted to bring up here. As we said into the break, there's something being done in sports that has never been done, we've never seen anything like it, and will never be done again. And I'm talking about Shohei Otani. Yeah. His month of June has been astronomical. What this guy has done night in and night out, for a team that has almost no talent outside of him and Mike Trout, are phenomenal, and, and really, it's the talent across all of baseball. But what Otani is doing on a nightly basis, Kyle, it, it's flat out unbelievable. And if baseball were smart, they would throw every last marketing dollar at this guy. You just pay him to learn English, basically, yeah. because if you if he th- that's the truth is if he learned English, he would probably be one of the most marketable athletes of all time. Really. He would be. He, th- th- this guy has everything. If you want to talk about what he's done in the month of June alone, Kyle, it's just astronomical. At the plate, or excuse me, uh, on the, you know, from the mound, he's got in June 37 strikeouts. He's pitched over 30 innings and he's only allowed 12 runs. Okay? At the plate, it gets even more impressive. This guy has been the best hitter in baseball while being one of the best pitchers in all of baseball. This year, he's got 30 bombs, which leads the majors. He's got 67 RBI, which leads the majors. He leads the majors in extra base hits. He leads the majors in slugging percentage, and he leads the majors in OPS. We've never seen anything like this, Kyle. 493 feet. Oh, the other night? Yeah. That thing. that was First of all, the longest home run hit in Major League Baseball this year. His career long, but the way the ball
0: jumped off the bat was was scary. Yeah, it was scary stuff. It's, it's not. It's not human. No, it's it, not. It's not. And so, not only what he's doing on the mound, right? Because that in and of itself um, has a ton of value. But he's on pace to hit fifty-eight home runs. He hit fifteen home runs in the month of June. Fifteen home runs in the month of June. It's it's um, the marketing is one thing. I'm running out of superlatives for the guy.
1: I am. You want to know something? In the month of June, he only had one, two, three games without a hit. Only three games without wow. a hit. And they played like 20. 20-something. Yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's it's remarkable nice. what he's done. It is. And, and, again, I just hope everyone gets a chance to watch what he's doing because he's a hell of a player, man. He really is. Uh, we got some Broncos talk coming up which I want to get to. They've made a huge change uh, to that order of operations over there in a real, real way. But before before um, before we even mention that, I wanted to bring something back up that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Cortland Sutton. Cecil floated the idea that the Broncos are going to use preseason to shop Sutton. If he plays well, they're going to look to move him. Should that be the recourse that they take just to reacquire some draft
0: capital? Man, if you believe that he's maxed out, I I, I don't believe that he's maxed out as a player. And you talked about it earlier in the show, right? You haven't seen Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Javante Williams, and who else? And Russell Wilson, honestly on the field at the same time, so you don't know the potential, and Jerry Judy, the potential of this offense. So to shop him in that way for a player that you don't believe is maxed out, uh, I think is short-sighted, and then you you probably regret that two years from now. Why would you say that? Because you could be potentially looking at one of the best offenses in the AFC West. Mm. If it pans out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge if. I understand that, but you could be potentially looking at Here's that. my problem. Receivers are a
1: dime a dozen these days. You get them all, all over the draft. And George Payton paid Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton, who basically have the same skill set within the same 72 hours, you know, two years ago. They haven't lived up to the billing. And obviously Tim Patrick got hurt, you know, that what day three or four training camp last year. So you can't really hold that against him. But at a certain point, you just got to turn the page. So this is the last year for this receiving core and you can get out of Sutton and Patrick's deals next year with basically no dead cap money hit or dead dead money cap hit. Yeah, I mean they didn't break the bank on them. Were they thirty something million? A piece? You know the Broncos have the highest paid wide receiver room in the league now that DeAndre Hopkins isn't in Arizona. Well, for for a room that has perennially underwhelmed,
0: they're getting paid more than anybody else. And, and by the way, I, I believe that is one of the quickest way to hamstring your franchise. And, and if you look back at the Arizona Cardinals, they did that when it was Michael Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald, and I believe John Brown was on that team too. But they had one of the highest-paid wide receiver rooms, and they and they consequently sucked because of that. So I, I think you're on to something with that. Uh, I, I just I think you owe it to the offense to see what it can do. What's your biggest goal this year? Biggest goal? Offensively? No, just or, as a team. Man, you got to find a way to 10 games. You gotta That's, win games. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta just,
1: be- how about let's just simplify yeah. it. You gotta win games. So to me, removing talent before you even get started seems silly. But I can see the benefit because if Sutton doesn't have a great year, then you can't move him. So I get where Cecil's coming from. I do, and you may end up having to just cut bait next year anyway. But why not? To your point. Give everybody a real chance to show what they can do together because they've never had that opportunity before. And Cortland Sutton is a big part of it. And from all accounts, he looks great. So I don't know if I necessarily agree with Cecil there, but I I do believe that you owe it, honestly, to yourselves to give it a shot and see what it really looks like. Yeah. Broncos made a huge shift to training camp as well, and I haven't heard your take on that. I can't wait to hear your take on that. But the Avs also made a bunch of moves yesterday as NHL free agency opened up. We'll dive into all of that and more coming up. Join in on the Ramoslaw.com text line. We'll have time for a few texts here coming up a little bit later in the show. 303-713-1043. It's your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.
0: Denver Sports one hundred The band presents Matt Smith whoa, and Kyle Reese. Whoa, oh, 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 oh I like to fly far away from here,
1: where my mind, oh, is fresh and clear, and I find the love that I long to see. Where everybody
0: can be what they wanna be. Look.
1: Father Time caught up with some abs players. Move on. Quit being like Adam's family Dante Gomez Drifter. Wow, Dante taking shots on the text line. Dante underwent Achilles surgery this year because he popped his Achilles playing basketball. Like you said cut last week, those slack. hoop dreams, you got to cut him some slack. Look, we're going to get into the abs here in just a second for sure, but I, I want to get to Broncos training camp first because they made some big, big changes to the order of operations this week, Kyle. They changed up everything. You now have to request free tickets for training camp. And they gave fans 24 hours notice and posted it on social media. They sent out a pre-sale invite to season ticket holders who could claim their tickets 24 hours early. Otherwise, they were SOL. And now, I think they're actually going to put themselves in a bad position with probably the lowest attended training camp of all time.
0: Sounds like they don't care. Is that what it sounds like to you? Yeah, I, you know. Of, again, we had a lot of people saying, "Guys, it was the fire department.
1: It was the fire marshal. Somebody cinched last year after uh, that seven thousand. You know, people attended one practice. Apparently, code doesn't doesn't call for that. But this
0: is this is outdoors, right? So always has been. Yeah, always will be. I, that that that's a tough argument to get over with me. Uh, listen, I, I just think that it doesn't impact the bottom line especially a free event that you have to manage, you have to put personnel at, they might be looking at it that way and say, it just doesn't make sense to continue to do this. Does it energize the fan base? Yes. But does it lead to victories? No. So what difference does it make to us? They're not going to stop buying seats down there in Empower Field, so what's the difference? So what? What the difference is is that you have a lot of people
1: can't afford to get down to Empower Field, and they go to train camp. That's their only recourse to get up close and personal with the team that they follow and live and die with. That's nice.
0: But this is a business. Oh, right? Oh, this it's is a, a business. Okay. This is not cold-hearted Coach Reese. This is just, I'm just looking at the bottom line. And I think that's how they look at it. How does this impact the bottom line? It does not. Matter of fact, this is an expense. Do because you, security and that's parking true. personnel and all of that stuff. Yeah, I don't think that's it, though. I I just don't think that's it. Well,
1: well, if you believe that, then do you also believe the thinking that Marilat has that eventually this is a gateway to charging fans for training camp?
0: I think that's a natural progression of things. Okay. and, And listen, people would pay it. Well, that's fair because Kliss pointed out this week, 9 News
1: Broncos insider Mike Kliss on Twitter that, well, Twitter, you know, that maybe does or does not exist anymore. Um, He pointed it out that 28 of 32 teams actually use a ticketing system, and the Broncos were one of the last teams to get on board with this. So I think for us here in Broncos country, it's a long-storied tradition of just waking up, seeing it's a nice day, and rolling out the training camp. Versus, you know, another
0: fan base who actually has had to deal with this for years. It, it, there's there's a lot of things that are being veiled behind a new ownership group, right? This isn't all Sean Payton. This is the Walton Penner group testing the tolerance of the fan base right There was a survey they went out, would you pay more for tickets? would you pay more? would you like to have an entertainment district would you would you come out if it were out by the airport? They asked a lot of questions and they're really trying to see what the tolerance level of the fan base is and how much you're willing to dig in your pocket mm. they bought a business. They didn't buy a hobby. I, I am stunned. I, this is not this is not at all. What you thought I was going to no, say? No, not what at did, all. Where did
1: you think I was going to go? No, I thought that you would understand the plight of the common man. <laughs> I thought that's the type of <laughs> it's person not that you not don't understand. It sure sounds it like, not like you're, not, you're not you're not relating to it. it, but
0: I just understand that th- that that's not taken into consideration in the boardrooms when they're talking about how can we improve the product. Okay. Okay. Uh, it, how, many, how, how many how many days how many days you plan on attending this year? Myself?
1: Uh, probably, no, no, no! The other just, guy, just, just, shut up! Yeah, 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 I, 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 I knew how you were gonna. Now that
0: I knew how you were gonna react to that, yeah, uh, I'll probably go out two or three times. How many days a year do you typically make it out there? I'm I'm a one yep. or two.
1: Yep, yep. Last year when I went out and I saw what they were doing out there, I said, "There's no reason for me to come back." One one is Around. good enough. I saw Tim Patrick pop his ACL, and I said, "Ah, well, that set a good tone for this Turn trade." Kills. Yep. So. Look, I'll be out there several days this year. I'm actually really excited to see what Sean Payton's going to do because I think we're back to football. We're back to preparing. They have to find a way to get this thing humming along. It is all new here in 2023, and it feels like deja vu because it is. But but the good news is, Kyle, this is the last time we're going to have to deal with this for a while, hopefully, knock on wood that Broncos country isn't going to have to be talking about a new coach and a new system and, well, how are they going to approach training camp and yada, you know, all the same conversations that we've had, what, the last four or five years with four different coaches? I'm looking forward to training camp because I believe that there should be a hope in Broncos country that has existed in the past, but this year I think there are reasons for it. I think there are justifiable reasons for it. And we talked about it a little bit earlier about the snap count about some of these guys. We haven't had an opportunity to see the Broncos at full strength yet. We haven't. Yeah. Not this iteration of them. Yeah, there's a... uh... The last time that we saw Judy, Sutton, Patrick, and Williams all
0: healthy together, it was Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. Right. And and then then couple that with competent play calling... Then you got something that? to to be excited about? Uh, I, I think competence. Yeah, there's some some solace to be taken in consistent expectations. Whether you like what's going on or not, you know what to expect. How do you take solace? How do how, you do that? How do I? Or just anyone? When you say take solace, like how are you taking it? W- w- yeah. I look at the situation and say this is this is how I'm going to feel about it It's kind of like I guess we can't say that on the air
1: no <laughs> by the way you want you want to talk about somebody who wasn't taking solace this week before well, we get into some that? of this before we take, before we get into some of this ab stuff did you see oh, boy. that the test said yes?
0: No I didn't <sighs> for Zion talk about taking.
1: The test said yes. This poor guy, man. I mean, yes and no, poor guy. This kid, you're doing it to yourself, but at the very same time, man, that's two. That's two. If I were him, it'd be DNA test after DNA
0: test after DNA test. Yeah, but after a while, is, is you're going to wind up taking those DNA tests in court. Just cut a check. Just cut a check. So, but, okay, so this is kind of funny, but then when you look at it, like years down the line, you find yourself in a situation like Dwight Howard where you have to play basketball because because <laughs> the child support is what it is. It is what it and, is. And, and, and the order is based on this poor guy. what you make.
1: Speaking of the NBA, before we move back to the NHL, and while we're on the topic the Grizzlies went out and got Ja vet. I don't know if you saw that either. Derrick Rose signed with Memphis, and that is going to be Ja's vet now. Yeah. With Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose,
0: Ja's not going to be able to breathe in that locker don't room. you have busting my chops about not wanting to talk about the Pelicans. We're talking about Derrick Rose to the Grizzlies. You know
1: why? Because we've been talking about
0: Jaw for weeks and weeks and weeks,
1: and I just felt like that is a, a wise decision from that Memphis team to actually get him a little bit of support inside the locker room in a different way. You all think Steven Adams was that? Uh, it didn't work. Didn't work the yeah. night before shotguns. No, it did not work. Yes. It okay. did not work. That was very clear. All right, let's transit. Let's transition out of that because we've we've hit that. T- we we've, we've we've done that to death. And honestly, you know, you reap the rewards, right? You reap what you sow. So just make sure you're making good decisions. Talking to me? Uh, that was more of a generality. Okay, actually, yeah, right. that one was more of a generality. So the avalanche. Had a big week. The NHL draft was this week. It was Wednesday and Thursday. And then an NHL free agency opened up yesterday. They held on to picks 27 and 31 in the first round, which was head-scratching for me because I thought we were in a championship window, right? I I thought we here in Colorado knew that we're in a championship window. And in the NHL draft, if you're selected after number 24, you have a 2.5% chance of playing 100 or more games in the league. Well, guess where both the Avs picks were? past 24 yeah. so essentially it equates to going out and buying a couple of lotto scratchers but the abs were in a position where their asset pool had been completely drained for the most part they had a few pieces so you either replenish that or you take what remaining assets you do have left and package it to go get yourself immediate help now they opted to replenish their draft pool they were going to have to do that at some point i just didn't think it was going to be this year Now, after acquiring Ryan Johansson for nothing except for eating into your cap space from Nashville, all right, so they say that's their second line center. Okay. Like I've said many times, jury's still out for me, Kyle, right? That's not the impact player I was looking for, not who I wanted. I don't believe that's a replacement for Landeskog or Kadri. I think you have some Landeskog-esque skills with Ryan Johansson, but... I don't think he's going to provide the impact that they maybe hope he
0: can. Of course, he's coming back off of that big injury. Well, I, and I think the expectation that he would do so is a little unfair, right? Lance is a special player. Yeah. Right? And, and by your own admission, there are only a few of those in the entire league. Yeah. So... You know what percentage of Landeskog do you expect him to be? Do you expect him to be fifty percent? I mean, what's a what's a reasonable expectation for a player? Maybe about fifty percent. Okay, yeah. about fifty percent. Max. Max, by the way. Yeah,
1: Max. That's okay. best case scenario. Okay. Yeah, low ceiling, high floor. Okay, that's that's what it is, and it might not even be as high of a floor as I think if he doesn't recover from that injury well enough. Now, now here's the now here's the good news though. They went out and did what they've needed to do for several years and rebuilt their bottom six. Their bottom six was good enough in their cup run year, but they were still light. They got excellent play out of a line from Cogliano, Helmer, and O'Connor for a long time, probably longer than they probably should have. And so they added Ross Colton, which was a very savvy move, helps you in the immediate. He's won a cup with Tampa. He's got that experience. He's a younger kid. Fits your identity, can play the way you want to play. You upgrade Alex Newhook in a real way, A-plus from me. Okay? A-plus. Now, to bring in Miles Wood from New Jersey, I think was another great move. He's a third-line guy who plays really hard. You got to keep your head on a swivel when you're on the ice because he'll come take it off. And he's a fighter. Okay? He's a scrapper. I like that. You need some toughness. Well, that's what
0: Joe Sackick said that he wanted, Right? Wanted more grit. And from a financial standpoint, commitment-wise, it's six years, $15 million. Doesn't kill you, right?
1: It doesn't kill you. But we also need to look at relative value. So the breaking news this morning is that Evan Rodriguez has signed with the Florida Panthers four years, $3 million per, which is about half a million more than you're paying Miles Wood. You kind of look at it on the surface and go, well, e will give you more offense than Miles Wood will. But the Avs want to get grittier.
0: They feel like they have the punch-up top. But there was a, you know, I can't remember if it was James or who said it. It was Evan Rodriguez was one of the players that you were hoping would um, take the next step last year. So if, you're, if you feel like that player hasn't done that, you're okay with him moving on and you replacing it at the same price or maybe even a little higher with someone who has proven it. I was a big advocate of letting
1: Rodriguez walk. Okay. I didn't want to see him back. He played too soft of a game for me. I, I'm a big fan of it. But I think you can look at this move and go, where's your relative value there? Is that, a, is that where you want to be allocating it? And for me, Miles Wood will be a a long standing member of this team and a very helpful contributor. And he could be a very helpful contributor on a cup team if you had the cup second line. I don't believe they have the cup second line. I don't think they have a second line good enough to win the cup. I don't. I hope they prove me wrong in that regard. I do. Okay. They weren't aggressive yesterday. They didn't go out and get Ryan O'Reilly. Ryan O'Reilly went to Nashville, four years, four and a half million. I wasn't a big fan of O'Reilly. I probably wouldn't have thrown an offer like that at him, but they had to build with one year contracts because they're kind of held in limbo by Landeskog. What is Landeskog going to do? So if they bring
0: Landeskog back this year, then you have to have his money on the books available. Well, and I think that all centers around your Landeskog replacement conversation. That would have been closer to that than almost anything else you could have done. But if he doesn't come back this year, that money doesn't affect your books, and it's just sitting there.
1: So they've got about $7.5 million in cap space that's untapped right now. Do they use it at the deadline? I doubt it. Why? They don't have many assets.
0: For for O'Reilly, when you look at the deal that was signed, it was four years? four and a half, four and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Is is that his last deal? Yep. Yep. Okay. That's why they would have never competed if
1: they would have just offered to him a one-year deal. Right. Now, Matt Duchesne was actually bought out by the Predators, and he signed a one-year $3 million deal with Dallas. So the Avs now have to deal with a better Dallas Stars team. L.A. got better. I think Vegas is still better. They're probably back to being on par with Edmonton again. But I, I would say that at the very most, they will be in the thick of it. It's not like they're a bad team. I mean let's let's not go let's not get over our skis here or anything. But we are talking about competing for championships. We're not talking about making deep playoff runs anymore. That's not the standard here. The standard that they have set is a championship yeah. level team. You put, put them on.
0: You put them up there with Edmonton. They're probably back to being around par with Edmonton. Okay. Yeah. And you think about. 'Cause this is just last week on McDavid won the, the hard RB trophy, trophy. A, 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 for the third time now, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So there's 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 a huge amount of star power there that I don't know that you match. Ah, no, they'll be fine. Okay. Yeah, no. Yeah,
1: they definitely the they app I'm not Edmonton doesn't concern me. It's Dallas and LA and Vegas. But again, the Abs are right in the thick of it. So I'm not saying that oh, this is a bad team. They got better than they were last year. There's what if you're asking me if I'd rather have Comper and Rodriguez than Johansson, Druen, Wood, and Colton. No, I'd rather have the guys that they had this year. Like, if you were to ask me that last year, who'd you rather have? I'd have said this group. Okay. So, I do think that they got better. I just think it's very marginal and it's an incremental amount, which is not what I was looking for. Again, they did not replace what they needed to, they didn't address their biggest needs for another year. They needed two top six guys, they didn't get one. They're going to you know, put that label on Johansson, but to me, he's not that guy. He's not going to produce at that level. I think the biggest question that I had last season still remains a huge question. Can you rely on lines two, three, and four to produce for you? Jury's out, as far as I'm concerned. I actually did see Nichushkin, um on his wife's Instagram. I think they were like Bora Bora or something like that. So oh, it sounds all awful. is good in paradise. I know. Doesn't it sound awful? Who said these guys aren't making any money? You know, I I just wonder, first of all, how Val's foot is doing because he couldn't get right all all, all last year aside from what happened off the ice. It's, the, the foot issue was real. I don't know if he's doing anything to address it this year. I might be doing, you know, relationship, you know, surgery over there. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But I assume right now that he'll be back and it'll be business as usual for the Colorado Avalanche. And when they take the ice it's going to be a much different looking team and for us we need to fans and media turn the page from the 2022 team it's not the team that won the cup we're past that you have to start ev- you have to stop evaluating it in that lens
0: yeah. you have
1: to evaluate it in the lens we did before they won the cup about what it takes to get to that point
0: and and at the same time take into account the hangover from that season. You talk about Val Nishushkin coming in, like you said, he he didn't get right because they played so late into the season and there was a lot of tread that was taken off the tires. So hopefully those things hopefully you'll see a fresher team, by the way, as opposed to the team that you better you know had what, you nine better. weeks off or something.
1: Well, like that. last year the Avs were sixth in the NHL and man games missed, over four hundred and sixty five. Only Montreal, Columbus, Philly, and Washington had more there was $22.65 million allocated to injured players. That's over a quarter of your cap. You can't win that way in the NHL. You can't win that way in any league. Very true. Very true. And you hung in there with them. Yeah. So here's what Sackick said one-on-one to NHL.com the other night at the NHL draft. And this was the first time that Super Joe has spoke about the year that they had last season kind of coming off the cup win. He says, quote, I think it was a long year. We had guys coming in and out of the lineup. We just didn't have it. It's a long summer now. It's time to get everyone healthy, get minds fresh, and get eager about getting going again. We're excited about this year, and I know the players are excited to get back to the level we were at the year before. That was important for me to read because it was acknowledgement from within the organization that they knew last year they didn't have it. And that is why, at the deadline, they punted. Because they didn't think they were good enough, and they didn't want to over leverage. Because they would have looked. Because they would have felt. They would have felt that they would have looked silly had they spent assets that they could have used this summer at the deadline to and get in the first up. round again. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and I don't blame them for that. I don't love it though. I can I can I say I don't love it? Is that okay? Well,
0: I, I, you because it speaks to a little bit of passive personality, and you don't like that in professional sports, right? You want to see them put their best foot forward, no matter what. No, even if you know that internally, because you're in a championship window, and if you don't capitalize on, on a year, you waste it. Well, it, okay, so this goes to the doggone Gian, Giannis Antetokounmpo conversation. Yeah, well, right? we all know that Giannis yeah. was full of it, so <laughs> I, I, I'm not. I don't well, subscribe to that. Well, but but let me ask you this: Is this a team given what they did at the trade deadline, given the personnel, given the injuries? Right, right. We're yeah, not having yeah. the same conversation about the Broncos, yeah, that overachieved. Because remember, they did go on a run to win the division. At no, the end of- no, no, no. The 20. 20- oh, you mean last season? Yes. <sighs> Think about how they wrapped up. Did they overachieve given all the things that you just that you just laid out? Lack of aggression at the trade deadline. No, uh, they, didn't they didn't overachieve. How many dollars were allocated to players didn't that weren't playing? I know. I know. They
1: didn't overachieve. I'll tell you why. Because when you still have two of the top five best players in the world or two of the top three you're expected to do that, right? So I don't think it was like, well, is was this upstart group who was, you know, playing with two hands tied behind their back. No, they still had Randon out there, still had McKinnon out there, still had Nachushkin out there, at least, you know, for parts of the year. Still had McCarr, Taves, you know, Byram, Gerard. Gosh, I mean, with Gerard out there, I mean, it's surprising they didn't win the cup. Uh, here, Sackett <laughs> continued, he goes, quote, it's a competitive bunch. I mean, our exit, Seattle, was better than us. They had the better round. We just didn't have it. At the same time, we've got a group that's extremely competitive and wants to win. Not only that, they expect to win. And to be honest, it's no fun to lose. It's time to reboot, get bodies and minds in shape, get the excitement back, make another run. I think that the time away is going to be beneficial to the players. We have a defined goal, and that hasn't changed. I was happy to hear about that. And then their actions didn't really line up with it yesterday. So I think it remains to be seen what we're going to get out of this group this year if they're going to be re- re-energized. Because you just mentioned it. It took a lot out of them, that run. Because what happened that, that, that year, right, when they won the Cup? In December, the entire NHL took a week off because of COVID. So they paused for a week in December. They were the last league to do so. And then they were all supposed to go to the Olympics in February, but nobody wanted to go deal with the regulations over there in, what was it, Beijing, right? So they all stayed but the arena's had already booked out all of those dates in february so essentially i think the avs played what like 3 4 games in the entire month of february yeah. that year yeah. and we ended geez, Kyle it's july 2nd 3 days ago last year we had the avs cup parade that's how late into the season so it, was, it was in june it was it was yeah, june, june 30th it. it was the last day in june i'm talking about the last game it was i want to say the 26th maybe yeah. it was like 4 days before that that's when they wrapped it up at Game Six. But again, it, do you think they'll be be re-energized like that
0: this year? I don't know if they will be. Nothing I, I, I newness brings new energy. Okay, I've got okay. some guys that you know what, what it what does. Joe done? It absolutely does.
1: You're right. You're right. It does. What it hasn't Joe done? What do you mean? I, I'm I'm just trying
0: to figure out from a career standpoint what boxes has he checked. Everyone. Yeah. Every last one. Okay. Though. Yeah. No. Was that what you're asking? No, so, I, I didn't know. Second? So I'm asking. No. 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 Joe Hansen. Oh, what? no, he's only competed for the playoffs. He's never been a cup champion, so there's got to be some energy behind that, right? Uh, Yeah. He's not coming here. They're not coming here to He's just not not enough of a difference maker. Okay. So So it's it's, it's one thing to want it. It's a whole other thing to be able to. Yeah, exactly. I hear you. You're not thrilled, thrilled. man. Turn the frown upside down, man. I'm not thrilled. I think I'm going to join the text line. They're like, man, come on, man. Let's not be down there about this. All All right. All right. They're winning the cup. Gonna be great. Oh boy, there you go. Probably breaking all of Boston's records from last year. Good work over there. And then you know we, you don't want that. Boston was out in the first round too,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No. Someone on the text line said Guns and Roses. I imagine they're talking about Ja with Derek Rose. <laughs> hey. hey, well played. Good call, Ramoslaw.com text line. All right, well when played. we come back, more of your reaction and there is one other thing with the Broncos. I feel like it's worth mentioning with you because you and I will be doing the drive tomorrow. And we'll get into a lot more of it, but I want your take on this one aspect, and we'll do that next.
0: Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Matt Smith and Kyle Reese.
1: On the Ramoslaw.com text line, 303-713-1043, chicken little behavior less than 48 hours into free agency, so casual. You know... Fan, I'm not going to make any friends telling fans what they don't want to hear about, about these teams, about the Nuggets and Abs. We're still squarely in the championship grace window. But what I'm interested in is maximizing that window. And so if my desire to see them get back there is too much for people, then I'm sorry. But I'm going to call it like it is. Again, that's not chicken little behavior. It's not. It's actually... Recognizing and analyzing the situation in which they left money on the table that they could have used, Kyle, to get better. But I guess that'll just be me, and everybody else can be shaking the pom poms. Sorry. Okay, moving on. Uh, I want to get something. You to all right? Sp-
0: yeah, I'm good, man. We maybe we should bring a puppy or something <laughs> in here.
1: That would be. That would make. If you have a puppy, you want to bring in tomorrow? Let's let's do it. Let's oh, do it because you and I are rocking on the he drive. Hey, I want to talk to you about this 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 issue in the NFL. This gambling issue in the NFL. Okay, I, I think this is this is actually a really interesting discussion. So, the NFL suspended four more players this week for gambling violations, including Isaiah Rogers of the Indianapolis Colts, who's a running back, for placing a $1,000 prop bet on a teammate to hit his over, and it hit, and he won $1,000. But there are player locator trackers on every gambling app, and obviously Venmo transactions <laughs> are tracked as well. So if you're sending money to a buddy, it's not going to work out. And if you're betting yourself, it's not going to work out. But isn't the NFL a little hypocritical here? I mean, they're taking a lot of gambling dollars themselves.
0: Or is it really just the integrity of the game? um, You took the words out of my mouth. That's what it's about. And... Is your career and the money that you're going to make? Cause I know you're making more than a thousand dollars. You may, you may be a minimum guy and I think minimum right now is right around eight or nine hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Is that worth a thousand dollar bet to you? No. So like how idiotic do you have to be to go out and, and like the thrill of gambling can't be such that you're willing to risk your career and a year that you're not going to get back. Right. Because the NFL age is like that, especially for a fringe guy. like yeah, that, for A guy whose roster spot isn't guaranteed already. It, it wasn't good for Calvin Ridley. It, it's, it, you know, and he's going to have a spot. So this is just it's they ask you not to do it. I don't care if you think it's hypocritical or not. You can't do it. Right. You'll have plenty of time when you're 35 to gamble all you want with the money that you made in the NFL. Knock yourself out then. It's just I, I don't have any tolerance for it. I, I really. It's about the same level of stupid as John Morant getting on Instagram wow. with a gun again. See, I think it's just different
1: because it's right at your fingertips, right? And obviously, betting on the NFL and the integrity of the game. Certainly, betting on your own team, you gotta be. That is stupid. Is as stupid does right there because there's only six rules about this for players. Number one, don't, don't bet on the NFL. Number one, don't bet on the NFL. Number two. Don't gamble at your team facility while traveling for a road game or staying in a team hotel. That's the one I have the biggest problem with. Um, if you're at the team hotel and you want to sit there, you know, the night before a game, watch an NBA game, throw a little action down, you should absolutely be able to do that. I think that one's really stupid, but I also understand the liability aspect of it. If you want to step outside the team hotel, that's okay. But you know, sitting in your, you know, in in your hotel room, that's not okay. All right. Well,
0: I guess my question is, why does it matter that much? What? They ask you not to do it. Don't do it. Well, plenty of people have asked me not to do plenty of things, but doesn't mean that I'm just yeah, not going to have you. Yeah, not paying
1: you $900,000 to difference. not do it. That's the difference. I wish they were. If they were, yeah. guess what I wouldn't do? You probably I probably don't. wouldn't do it. Probably I, probably wouldn't do it. Probably I probably wouldn't do it. Uh, the third rule, don't have someone bet for you. Again, they're tracking Venmo. They're tracking all this. I can't hit up my high school buddy that's you know, been with me from my, my day one and be like, hey, let me just float you 25, and you can put it down on this little game yeah. right here. No, that's not how it works out. You gotta be dumb to do that too. Uh, number four, don't share team inside information. Yeah, we get that, you man. Think? We yeah. get that, man. Uh, number five, number five, don't enter a sports book during the NFL season. Imagine if Russ, before week eighteen against the Raiders, was was seen at the MGM Sportsbook, <laughs> and then the Broncos go out and lose by 20. <laughs> it's a bad look. It's a bad it's a look. bad look. Kind of like the next time you see John in the strip club. It's a bad look. Bad look. Bad look. Somebody's taking a picture. Number six, don't play Daily Fantasy. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, it's just might as well be betting a bunch of different props. So while I think that some of these punishments are, 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 are quite harsh – in context, Kyle, to some of these other things that players are being said, like, like, is the it, does it make sense that the gambling punishment is more than punishments for, say, domestic
0: violence? Ooh, now that's a conversation. That's a conversation. I know it. No, it doesn't. Which one's more egregious, right? Uh, but which one has the potential to impact the bottom line more? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the NFL. They, they don't. Go. They don't care. They don't care. I mean, there are plenty
1: of people who have done really awful things that have made themselves a lot of money. Great, in this stayed
0: about two years too long.
1: Yep, yep. I can think of a lot of other names. Yeah, but I do believe that there is an aspect where the visual doesn't look good, but it doesn't matter because the NFL is behind the shield; and they always will be. You know, there, there's <laughs> the funny thing is we talk about you know Twitter and leaving Twitter, right? There, there will always be something else. There will never be another NFL. People aren't leaving. Okay. You know, just because people are getting hurt more than ever before or, you know, whatever. People aren't going anywhere. There's no alternative. What are you going to – I'm only watching the XFL
0: this year. Look, and, and, well, NFL boycott. Full boycott. No, I'm not doing you, that. You're not doing that. And when you're talking about things that have the impact to, to, on the bottom line and they already have this narrative out there that's been put out by Aaron Foster, right, that is scripted and that's fixed – um. That, those are things that can. They have to nip it in you the bud. Yeah, you you got to get after that kind of stuff. So, and look, you can't be mad about at the business for protecting the interests of the business. It's, this is what it is. Man. It's the shoe. It is what it is. Like we we can't be upset about that. One thing that we're gonna get into
1: yes uh, tomorrow rather in in greater length when you and I host the drive is Russell Wilson, but he was named as one of the ten most intriguing players to watch for this upcoming season by ESPN. ESPN says, in comes Sean Payton, a coach who expects to win right away and surely expects to be in Denver longer than the six years left on Wilson's contract. How much of 22 is Hackett? How much will improve under Sean Payton? Six or seven months from now, could we be looking at Wilson's season last year as a Hackett-induced blip in the middle of a fantastically successful career? Or Payton and the Broncos could be looking for a way to move on from him?
0: I is this really the last
1: year for us?"
0: To figure it out. Like, if Russ has another year like he had last year, is he donezo in the NFL? Uh, uh, not in the NFL, by, by any stretch. He might be done in Denver, and it and really just going to depend on ownership's pocketbooks at that point. What do you mean, pocketbooks? And no, it won't. Ownership's yeah. pocketbooks bigger than everybody else combined. Right, but are you willing to eat it? Yes. Right. And, and, I guarantee and, and, and you they well, are. Rich people don't stay rich by giving away money. So, you yeah, well, the they weren't the one who gave it away. That would be George Payton. Well, they, and... and is, is is it done? Oh, for him too. You have to oh, have all if, those. Conversations. If Russ doesn't have a good year, George Payton's out the door. Yeah, yeah, it, so yeah. It, yeah. it's all it's all part of the conversation. But that, that'll be fun to debate tomorrow, though. I, I think so there's too. a lot of meat to that.
1: There is, there is, because Russ had 16 touchdowns to 11 interceptions last year. It's it was bad. an awful, was awful year for the leading snap getter on offense for the Denver Broncos. He was the leading snap getter again. 500 snaps last year offensively for non offensive linemen. Just three dudes. So when you look at Russ, you're finally getting your full cabinet of weapons back. But you also, yourself, are slimmed down. There's a completely new approach and motivation to the season. What is it? Restoring legacy? Not being a laughingstock?
0: This is is as high stakes as it's ever going to get for Russell Wilson. I can't think of another time or another player that... uh that had an opportunity like this to return back to their former selves. Maybe Kurt Warner. This is the,
1: You don't get more than a second chance here, right? This is Russell Russell's second chance. You have to hit this time or you're gone. And even if you're mediocre, you might be gone anyway. So you've got to play at a high level, and I think that's where you look at Sean Payton and understand that he is the right man for the job because he's been there and he's done that, and he is actually someone Russ can go to and rely on. I don't know if you can say that about Nathaniel Hackett. When you're having that peer-to-peer conversation versus trusting the hierarchy that's been in place since the sport has started. Since, you know, the, the only time Russell's had success under Pete Carroll when there's been real strong leadership there. When Pete yeah. has taken those decisions out of Russell's hands. When there was Richard Sherman and Cliff Averill and Alpha Males. You holding him accountable. Yeah, no doubt. Not letting him skate by with some of this, you know, other stuff. I, I don't think, Chancellor. you know who else I don't think is going to? Guys like Justin Simmons, you know, guys who have been here, guys like Sertan, guys who have been here a while, maybe Sutton, maybe Patrick even, guys who have been here a while who are done with it. Even Bolsey, I know he sticks up for him, but I think there's added motivation for those guys too because,
0: Kyle, They've never, Justin Simmons never made the playoffs. The clock is ticking.
1: In a real way, in a real, real way. As a Broncos fan on the text line, Russell Wilson was more of a reason to go watch training camp last year than Sean Payton as a head coach this year. I doubt that 7,000 fans want to watch. I'll sit and wait in wait-and-see mode, but hoping for 11-6 and six
0: from no Dan. No, you would still go. Let's not, let's not have the, there is oh, a real... you don't want me, I don't want you either conversation. Mm-hmm. You would still go. There is a real portion of the fan base that feels that way. Yeah. There is. Whether you want to admit it or not. Okay, three hundred of them. So now you got sixty oh, seven hundred. Oh, you are 000.
1: absolutely underestimating it. We can't wait to have that conversation tomorrow. Yes. We'll dive into all that. Kyle and I are in on the drive. The judge, Dan Jacobs, is up next. Sydney Core behind the glass. It's your Sunday morning on Denver Sports Station, one oh four three the fan.